Welcome to Brookings First United Methodist Church and our podcast, Messages from First United Methodist Brookings. This podcast is an audio version of Pastor Pete Grassow and Pastor Krista Ducker's sermons from the First United Methodist Church in Brookings, South Dakota. You can watch the full service online at any time on our website at brookingsmethodist.org or at the link in the episode notes. On behalf of the pastors and our entire church family, thank you for joining us. As we continue in Lenten worship today, we visit a scripture that comes to us from the Psalms, Psalm 27, verses 4 and 5. Let's read it together. One thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. This is the word of the Lord for us today, and we are thankful for it. We are continuing our Lenten journey through Henry Nouwen's book, Spiritual Formation, Following the Movements of the Spirit. Each week, we have focused on different movements of the Spirit as we mature in Christ. From opaqueness to transparency, from illusion to prayer, from sorrow to joy, from resentment to gratitude, and this week, from fear to love. In the companion video for this week's movement, Reverend Rebecca Trebs, our district superintendent, highlights Nouwen's insight that these movements indicate not a stepwise progressive stage of development from one to the other, but rather they are movements from the things that enslave and destroy to liberation and life. As we've witnessed countless times throughout our global history, nothing enslaves and destroys like fear does. And consequently, nothing frees and rebuilds like love can. In this chapter, Nowen reminds us of the story in Scripture, in Matthew 8, of the disciples huddled in terror as their boat crashed among stormy sea waves. Jesus, calm and steady, reminded them of the truth, that they were held in the presence of the one who held sway over the wind and the waves, and their faith was strengthened. There are many things that can trigger that deep, pit of the stomach dread that is an all too familiar feeling these days. Maybe it's the looming phone call from a doctor with what could be a serious diagnosis. Maybe it's the fear that we will be rejected by a loved one or a colleague if we find the courage to tell the truth. Maybe we fear for our children in a culture that seems all too willing to injure the sensitive and the vulnerable. Even a simple act like opening our social media apps or turning on the news can bring on these feelings of fear and anxiety and dread without warning. Because we live in uncertain times. And in such times, it's natural to respond by building up our walls, by putting up our defenses and by protecting our turf. But this is not the way of love. Fear leads to bondage, but love leads to freedom. Now and offers for us a powerful picture 
of the end result of all our fearful efforts at self-protection, that is, isolation. He says, the control that fear exerts on our lives may be subtle. We may not believe consciously that everyone around us is our enemy, but we behave as if that were true. When this is our day-to-day reality, we may one day realize that we have become strangers in our own land, fearful, isolated, and powerless. This is the end result of all our capitulations to fear. It is the way of the world we live in, but it is not the way of the world we come from. We must remember that our home is not of this world. We are citizens of another country, of God's country, and in that country, love, not fear, holds sway. Our home is with God, the God who chose to dwell with us so that we could find our home in God. In the Gospel of John, now reminds us, we are told that Jesus came to earth to make his dwelling place with us. Jesus admonished his disciples, and by extension, all of us, to abide in me as I abide in you, he said. As once Adam and Eve did with God in the Garden of Eden, Jesus invites us to dwell, to live, to hang out with him, and there to find rest for our souls. In Jesus, we have enough. In Jesus, we are enough. I don't know about you, but I often feel like the way of this world is more like the way of never enough. There's never enough time, never enough money, no matter how much effort or energy or wit or humor or resources we pour into the things of the world, it is never enough to quiet the shouting voices of fear in our minds or untie the knots in our gut. The truth is, the world uses us, but God loves us. The world uses us, but God loves us. You know, sometimes even in the church, we can get confused and forget that we follow the way of Jesus. We in the church are an outpost. We're a way station. We are a pit stop. For the faithful, the hungry, and the thirsty on the way to their true home with God. So we need to look more like God's world than this world. We we need to remember that our way is not a way of fear, but a way of love. Well, I've heard it said somewhere that the phrase, don't be afraid, occurs 365 times in the Bible. (laughs) I'll admit, I haven't counted. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's exactly true, but I really like that idea. One for every day of the year. A reminder every day that fear is not the essence of our being. In Hebrew, the phrase, don't be afraid, sounds like this, al-tirah. In Hebrew, you read from right to left, from not from left to right. So the first word is on the right, and it is the word al. After you read that, then you read the second word on the left, tira, al-tira. 
But what I love about this word is that it reads a little bit like Yoda, if you actually read it literally in the word order. Not afraid shall you be. <laughs> That's actually the word order. That word al is a strong negative command. Not. Not afraid shall you be. Or maybe we could put it a little more simply. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. See, notice when we look at the Hebrew, how the emphasis changes. It's not a negative. Do not be afraid. It's actually a positive. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. The state of freedom from fear is how we should be. In the very core of our beings, we are an unafraid people because we have not been created for fear, but for love. Love of God, love of neighbor, love of ourselves. We are created out of love, not out of fear. What that means is that fear is actually foreign to our nature. And it's the mechanism by which this world lures us back into slavery. But we have been freed. Our home is with God. And God's way is love. So when we are afraid... How do we find our way back to our home in love? Now and tells us we find our way back through prayer. So much of what drives our anxieties and fears is the enemy's lie that we are not okay, that we will not be okay, that somehow we can worry our way into okayness. But when we pray, that is, when we take time away to waste time with God, to open our hearts to God's living spirit work within us, to confess our sins, to receive forgiveness, we are reminded that all the machinations and the pressures and the distractions of the world only serve to lure us away from our true home in God, the God of love. As it says in 1 John 4, chapter 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And that word perfect means complete, whole love casts out fear. The work of love is daily work. It calls us toward a movement of growing up into Christ. It is not a quick fix it isn't glamorous, and it won't make us famous, but it will make us free. And so every day we have a choice. Will we choose to walk in the way of fear or in the way of love? Will we run like the prodigal toward the empty promises of the world, or will we turn toward our true home in God? Well, we have wandered a bit from our text today, <laughs> so let me remind us of it. It comes again from Psalm 27, verses 4 and 5. One thing I asked of the Lord, that I will seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. 
you know, it's interesting. Often when I have come across these verses, I tend to focus more on the first one. One thing I ask, one thing I seek, that I would live in the house of the Lord forever. But what's interesting is that Nowen takes this verse alongside the one that comes after. And it makes sense because we have that conjunction there. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. These two verses go together. And together, they tell us something new. They tell us that God's loving protection doesn't just stay in one place. Let's look at it. God hides us in God's shelter. God conceals us under God's tent. God sets us high on a rock and we can hide and seek shelter and dwell in the house of the Lord. So what that means is that wherever I go, God's home moves with me. Whether I'm at worship or whether I'm out doing my daily work or on a journey or at school, wherever I am, God's protection is with me. What a comforting thought. I mean, that means that at any point in my day and you in yours, we can be covered in God's protection like a tent. We can find a way station along the way for shelter. When we are confused and can't see the way, we can trust that God will set us in a place of clarity. So I want to ask us, what if we looked at our times of prayer this way, as way stations, as hiding places, as <laughs> shelters of God's home along the way? I want to invite you to try that this week. In your devotion time or in those moments that you steal for quiet reflection in your busy day, especially in those moments when fear begins to take hold, Perhaps you can say for just a moment, you know what, I'm going to go into God's tent for a little while. The psalmist reminds us that God is always with us, always caring for us, always available any time of the day, even if it's just for a minute or two. We can go into God's tent. We can hide in God's shelter. We can seek to find a high rock where we can see clearly because God's home is not a specific place. God's home is with us. The people of Israel were accustomed to moving around. For much of their history, they were nomadic people. Sometimes they were able to worship at a temple, but even then, many of them were spread far and wide, a vast diaspora that continues to this day. For them, as for us, the mobility of God's presence, whether it was symbolized in the Ark of the Covenant or the pillar of fire or the pillar of cloud or the sacred words of scripture has provided a grounding sense of home. For us who believe in Christ, that home is Christ. Christ who saves us. That home is the Holy Spirit who guides and sustains us. That hope is God, our creator, who made us breathed life into us, and continues to make us new, the three-in-one God that we worship. So, beloved, we can be not afraid. 
God is with us. And we're going to be okay. Thank you for listening to today's message from First United Methodist Brookings. To get every message delivered to you, subscribe to this podcast for free and leave us a review wherever you get yours. And be sure to watch for new podcasts from us launching in the coming months. You can always find more information about our services and outreach on our website at brookingsmethodist.org and on our Facebook page, Brookings First United Methodist Church. On behalf of the pastors of Brookings First United Methodist Church, thank you for listening and see you next time. This podcast was produced by Sam Becker on behalf of First United Methodist Church in Brookings, South Dakota. Intro and outro music was performed by our praise team under CCLI license number 9367199, streaming plus license number 21039161. Visit brookingsmethodist.org for more information. Thank you.